V1 Church, happy Mother's Day. We are so excited for you. If you are a mom, if you are a grandmom, if you are a great-grandma, grandma, yeah, grandmother, whatever, um, if you are a an auntie, a nana, a titi, like we are just so excited for you and we celebrate the women of our church, the mothers of our church, our lead generation mothers, like we're just so thankful for you. And so um, if you want to give your mom a shout out here on the thread, go ahead, tell her how much you love her, tag her in the sermon. Uh, maybe she'll watch it and be encouraged, but we just want to give all of our moms here a special, special happy Mother's Day. So from Pastor Mike and I, we love you. We're grateful for you. You know, a lot of mothers are responsible for building this house. Did you know that it, um, that one of our biggest, uh, that makes up some of our biggest givers in our church are single mothers. Isn't that incredible? Who build the house of God and we're so thankful for them. And so uh, I especially want to shout out our single moms. Single moms, you are amazing. There is no one like you on the earth. And for those single moms who are getting their kids to church in the house of God, man, God bless you. Um, I honor you today. And I just, I pray double portion blessings over you. We're just so thankful for you and for what you do. And um, I'm just going to shout out my own mom and, and my mother in love real quick. We are thankful for the gifts and callings that you lay down at V1 Church. Not a lot of people see what you do or how much you pray for us and how much you encourage us behind the scenes, but we are so, so thankful. And I want to encourage you today, even if you're not a mom, please don't jump out of this sermon. I know it's Mother's Day, but I promise that God has a word of encouragement for you. And yeah, we're going to be referencing moms, and and uh, but I don't want to, I don't want you to feel left out. I also uh, want to make sure we're going to pray a prayer at the end for those who want to be mothers and who are struggling um, with infertility and who are, are praying to be a mom. We always take Mother's Day, a portion of Mother's Day, and we pray for you. And we've had some miracle babies, let me tell you. Um, I also got a few texts a couple weeks ago with some mir miracle babies, but it's not public yet, so I can't tell. It's just not me, so don't worry about it. Um, but I, I remember my first encounter of being a mom. <clears throat> and... Um, Man, what a wild ride. You know, they don't give you a book when you have a baby. Like, they just literally give you the baby, and they're like, hey, here you go. But I had, I have a 14-year-old, and I had a 7-year-old. My 14-year-old, I know it's weird to think 14 years ago, um, but 14 years ago, at least where I was from, they, uh, you have your baby, and then at nighttime, they're like, would you like us to take your baby? And they take your baby down to the nurse's station, and they allow you to get as much rest as you possibly can. And I just remember thinking, like, that was the best night of sleep that I ever had, and the only night of sleep that I had for many months prior or after that. Then, um, seven years later, I have another baby. And, um, you know, I, I actually had her at like four o'clock in the afternoon. And so by nighttime, I call the nurse and I'm like, hey, I'm ready for you to take my baby, you know, to the nurse's station so I could sleep. And she's like, 
um, yeah, ma'am, we don't do that anymore. And I was like, okay, wait, what? And so <laughs> that was my first crash course and like, wow, all right, this is all on me. Um, and uh, they did take her for a few hours so I could get some rest. But um, yeah, things change. Things change at being a mom. Me being a mom was not like it was when my mom was a mom and her mom was a mom. And uh, it's just so funny the way that things evolve and change over the years. But heads up, if you're going to have a baby, you have to keep them the whole time and then forever after that. So good times. <laughs> Let's normalize the nurse's station opening back up again at nighttime. Okay. Let's normalize that. Um, so we are, it's Mother's Day. And what do moms have in common? What's special about moms? I think what's special about moms is they're capacity to keep on giving, right? I had just given birth. I had given birth. My, my second one, I gave birth without any medication. I know that's not a brag. However you give birth is great. But um, let's just say it was an interesting day, okay? It was a little bit on the painful side. And so uh, not only did I go through all of that, but then now I have this baby and my spouse was at home taking care of our other. Uh, Pastor Mike went home to take care of our other daughter. And I just and, and I, I had the strength to just keep on giving, keep on feeding, keep on taking care of her, even though I just had a pretty uh, busy day that day. And so I, I just realized at that moment that mothers have an incredible capacity to keep on giving. I think women in general have an incredible capacity to keep on, on giving. And I'm not saying men aren't givers and women are. I'm just saying women have an instinctual nature to give and give and give and nurture. And so um, you might be in a season where you maybe have little children and you're like, well, what's significant about my giving? What's significant about what I do in the local church? What's significant about my contribution when I'm changing diapers or I'm chopping up grapes into bite-sized sizes because I'm freaking out that they're, they're going to choke on a grape? Let me tell you, they have grape slicers, okay? I lost like four years to that. So do yourself a favor, swipe up on Amazon and get yourself a grape slicer. If you know, you know, okay? Um, but but it's like, what could be significant about what you're doing? But little do you know that you might be feeding the very next Billy Graham. You might be sowing into the very next evangelist. You might be sowing into the next worship pastor or the next um, uh, community leader or the next person who's going to start uh, you know, a revival. You don't know what you're preparing for. And so I want to encourage the moms of young children, do not give up. There is a purpose in your season. And we're going to find out just a little bit more about that today. So what is significant about a mother's gift? What is significant about the way that mothers continually sow? And I will tell you, everything is significant. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to read to you a story in the Bible, and it's in 1 Kings 17, verses 1 through 7. We're going to go through two pretty big chunk of scriptures today, so I want you just to, like, hang with me, all right? I need you to, to stay with it. So 1 Kings 17, 1 through 7, it says, Now Elijah... Um, and there's, uh, I know I'm going to butcher this word. Elijah, the Tishbite of Tish, Tishbe. See, you guys don't even laugh. All right, whatever. And Gilead said, said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there I will neither do, now, 
hold on. There shall neither be dew nor rain these years except by my word. Verse two, and the word of the Lord came to him, depart here, turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is east of Jordan. You shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook of Cherith in the east of Jordan and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook had dried up because there was no rain in the land. Be careful about the prayers that you pray when you ask God to use you because he will absolutely answer them. And he might ask you to give it all. See, Elijah was eating meat out of a raven's mouth, bread out of a raven's mouth. And you think like, you know, we're like, yeah, God used me, right? Yeah, God, God used me to do mighty and powerful things. And you think that God showing up in your life to use you will look like, you know, that you're eating like Beast Burger or you're eating Shake Shack while God's, you know, sustaining you to get through the next thing. But it could be chewed up food out of a bird's mouth. Like, let me tell you, when God uses you, he doesn't really care about your preference, okay? He doesn't care about your comfort. And so just to give you a little bit of background, see, Elijah was in this region that he was in. It was under his seventh evil king. It was the region's seventh evil king in a row. Can you imagine seven pandemics in a row? Could you imagine seven global crises or seven regional crises in a row? I know for some of you, it probably feels like that, but hang on, the Lord is gonna move here. Elijah was a prophet in a time where a nation was worshiping um, uh, a pagan God called Baal. And so here's the thing about Baal is Baal was the God of fertility. Cause you might be asking, well, why was Elijah in a drought? Why did the Lord cause a drought? Well, I'm gonna tell you. See, Baal was the God of fertility and every time it rained, the people in that pagan region began to worship the God of Baal. And so God in his mercy, I know it may not look like it on the surface, but in his mercy, God brought the drought to end the worship of Baal when it rained. And so that's the merciful part of God. And so God sent Elijah to wait by the brook, but here's the thing, they were in a drought. And so the brook, the brook dried up and then God speaks to Elijah because God will always provide for his word to be sent. I want you to write that down in your notes. God will always provide for his word to be sent. It may look like chewed up meat in a bird's mouth, but let me tell you, God will give you what you need for the next season. He is not about to let his word fall void. So here's the thing. You might say, Well, what is significant about the little that I have to give? Everything. God specializes in the least of these. God specializes in using what appears to be the weak ones. God specializes in using the most humble. God specializes in the give everything that I got ones. Like he specializes it. And so how can God use what little I have or what's the least at the end of my jar? It's because God is ready to provide for those who are going to bring his word. Now, I'm gonna read to you something here in just a second. 
in 1 Kings 17, 8 through 16. So the next set of verses in that same chapter, I'm going to read to you about the widow of Zarephath. So it says in verse 8, it says, And the word of the Lord came to him, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. In other words, the Lord already went ahead and spoke to a woman who was going to bring the provision for God's word. Let that sit with you, ladies. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And she was going to bring it. And he called her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, verse 12, I told you, you got to stay with me. You got to follow along. Verse 12, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. Let's pause there a little oil in a jug. Some of you are in a season with a little bit left, but God will still use you to bring provision to send the word of God out. Let me say it again, ladies. Even if you have a little bit of hope in your jar, even if you have a little bit of finances in your bank, even if you have a little bit of emotional capacity left after the end of a long season of a pandemic where you had to quit your job and homeschool your kids, and put all of your needs to the side. Even if you have just a little bit of sanity left, let me tell you, God will use you to declare the goodness and works of our God. He has not put you on a shelf, even if you have a little bit left. God can use what is in your jar. God can use it. Let's go on. And it said, and now I am gathering a couple sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and my son that we might eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make a little cake and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day the Lord sends rain. In other words, keep giving until God says. Keep sowing until God says. You might be giving to a provision that God has mandated in the earth. In other words, keep giving to your children. Keep giving them the word of God. If you can give them the word of God and put that inside of them, they could declare the goodness and works of the Lord. Let's read on. And she did, or I'm sorry, and she went, verse 15, and did as Elijah said, and she and her household are for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. God has an un 
limited supply. God has an unlimited supply. Even when the brook dries up, even when the ingredients get low or the sustenance gets low, God has an, a miraculous supply for you and you are able to give just like that widow. You can give worship when you feel like you don't have a song left in you. You can give prayer when you feel like you don't have words or emotional capacity in you. You can give prophetic encouragement even when you feel discouraged because God has an unlimited supply. Unlimited. It does not run out. God will always provide for his word to be sent out. I'm going to say it again. God will always provide for his word to be sent out. I'm going to say it one more time. God will always provide for his word to be sent out. It doesn't matter. They were in, this widow was in the middle of a famine. This widow was in the middle of ruling of an evil king. The circumstances on the surface were not good. She said, I'm going to prepare this food and then just go and die. Can you imagine how desperate it is? Could you imagine how desperate she felt? You know, when I was growing up, there was this song that we used to sing and it was uh, talking about that when you're hanging by a thread, don't let go. Don't let go. Because if you should slip, it said this, these are the lyrics. If you should slip and re reach the ropes in that there you will find the hem of his garment. At the end of anxiety is the beginning of peace. At the end of sickness and illness is the beginning of his, of his healing. At the end of a crisis pandemic is the beginning of his breakthrough. And at the end of, his re, of my resources, at the end of my uh, groceries, at the end of my finances, at the end of my sanity, is the beginning of God's provision. God does his best to multiply when we're at the end. He is able. See, this widow was in such great need. In verse 13, it said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing. I have nothing. She had purposed in her heart that her son that they were going to eat this last meal and then die of starvation. But Elijah's answer was a test of her faith. And he told her that she was to go and obey, just, just go and do this. Like, I know that the Lord will come through. See, this widow's faith was evident in her obedience and God was faithful to his promise. Some of us are hoping for a miracle but do not want to take the steps of obedience. I have been in many situations where I wanted the outcome, but I didn't want the obedience because the obedience cost me. It would cost me to go into the reserves of my forgiveness. It would cost me to go into the reserves of what I had to give emotionally. It would cost me at what I had to give physically. It would cost me at what I had to give financially. 
But see, God always provides for the goodness and and the the good works of God. He always provides the provision for his word to be sent. And as I become obedient, then I see a miracle. See, I wish we could skip the obedience part, okay? I wish we could, trust me. I'm the first one, like I love the outcome, I hate the process. I'm not one of those that's gonna be like, oh, the process is so good. You get like zero amens for that. Oh, oh, I'm I'm gonna be obedient. Very rarely do people stand up and shout you down for obedience. They will shout you down when you start talking about miracles. But let me tell you, the obedience to give produces the provision for the miracle. See, the widow's food supply was supernaturally extended. Her gift was so significant. This widow's gift to Elijah was so significant that even Jesus in the book of Luke remembered her sacrifice and spoke about the faithfulness of us. See, women have an incredible amount, not just mothers. I'm talking about women because, you know, God made women so cool. Can I just say, girls, you are a blessing. God designed you so awesome. But God created women in such an incredible way. You know, you always see like... um, Like, you know, women are always doing something. You know, they're always giving something, cleaning something, organizing something, helping with something. I mean, very rarely do I come in and I I ever see like a woman just being like, I'm just gonna just, you know, let let the Lord lead you, whatever. No, I'm like women, like the women of our church are awesome. Like they're always, the men are too, but guys, it is not Father's Day. We will talk about that in June. We are talking about mothers. So we're celebrating girls today. Um, so don't get mad. Don't send, if you do have an email, you can send it to Evan at v1.church. He'll be happy to take all of your, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Calm down, calm down. But women, God created women to persevere for the kingdom. I got a few examples. What about the women, the woman with the, uh, the oil that was worth wa- years wages, pouring it on Jesus's feet, giving an extravagant gift, not only of her finances, but of her faith. Then we have the woman who gives her last two mites and Jesus watches it happen in the offering plate. Then you have the woman at the tomb who got up, the women at the tomb who got up early and, and, and were the first testaments that Jesus had risen from the grave. See, women play a very important role in the provision for extending the word of God. And so if you are a woman today, I want you to say, if you don't know what you're doing or what you're supposed to do in this season, I will tell you, you have already great faith inside of you. You have already a great capacity to teach others about the unlimited supply of God's goodness that's already built inside of you. And Jesus remembers He remembers when you give and he's seen what you've given. Let me tell you, even if me and Pastor Mike never see it, God sees it. Even if your boss or your manager never sees it, let me tell you, God sees it. I know if he was watching the widow with two mites, I know if he remembered the widow's sacrifice when she was giving her last oil and bread, oil and flour. I know that if he remembers that sacrifice, let me tell you, he remembers yours. 
He remembers the time where you gave your last two cents. He remembers the time when you were way past your capacity, but you stayed up 30 extra minutes to give God praise and glory. He remembers the time that as a single mother, you loaded up your minivan and got all your kids to church on time or late either way, better late than never. Okay. That's a signed mom of V1 church. I got you. Um, He remembers the time that you were serving, even when you yourself needed to be serving. He remembers remembers every sacrifice that you have ever made for his kingdom. He remembers. And if you're here and you're watching and you're engaging and you say, Jules, remember that song you sang at the beginning? Well, I'm, I'm hanging on to, to my last thread of hope here. I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you today. Don't let go. Don't let go. He always provides for his word to be sent. There is nothing that you've ever given to the kingdom of God. There is nothing that you have ever given in an offering plate or in serving or in praying for your family that has ever went void. Nothing has been unseen. Jesus has seen it all because he loves you and he will always provide a miracle for you. It may not be in the form of Shake Shack, right? Like Elijah learned. It might be in the form of just enough, but he will not let your vats run empty. He will not let you go on empty. That weeping may have lasted for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. And I just believe and I just prophetically encourage the women of our church right now that you are coming into a joyful season, that Jesus has seen the obedience, God has seen the sacrifice, and you are crossing over. It may feel like there is nothing left to give, but I want to tell you there is more left inside of you than you even realize. Men of our church, can I talk to the men of our church for a second? It is your job, not just for your spouse, but for the but to support all the women of this house to go after what God has called them to do. I want to thank Pastor Mike for always lifting up my hands in the middle of a battle and saying, no girl, you You got more in you. You have not seen the ends of what God can do. And so today, I want to encourage the men of our church, cheer our women on. Go, girl. Go, girl. Go, girl. God has more for you. God will always provide for his word to be sent. Always. And so today, I also want to encourage the men of our church, if you want to learn about giving beyond your capacity, talk to a girl. (laughs) Because we are the ones that will have those kids and then have to take care of them all night in the hospital on day one. Let me tell you, no small feat. Women understand the depths of giving beyond your capacity. And I wish that I could tell you that God won't do that. I wish that I could tell you that God will only require you to give within your limits. But over and over, I see him, I see him watching as women give beyond what they are able, 
beyond what they think they can, beyond what they can. I'm not talking about just your resources. I'm talking about, would you get up five minutes earlier and give God the first part of your day? Would you stay up five minutes later and give God praise for what he's done? Would you be, would you consider cheering on one person, one woman in your, in your little, in your sphere of influence? Would you consider reaching out in a text, say, girl, I want to remind you that God will always provide for his word to be sent. Keep on going. I think we could all learn a lesson today, just like this widow, that our obedience is so, so, so important. And so I want to encourage you. We're in a series called Movement Makers. Movement Makers. Women of V1 Church, you are a movement maker. Just you being you. Just every day, giving to your children, giving to your community, giving to your job, giving to your church, like you are making a movement. And I just want to pause for just a second and say, is God requiring more? Because I felt like personally at the end of 2020 and frankly, 2021, weird year too, I just felt like, man, I don't know how much more I have. I don't know how much more I have to give. And as I read this story and I said, I prepared for this message, I thought, no, I have more. I have more in me. It may not look the way it did 10 years ago, but it can look a different way. I got more. I got more to give to God's house. I have more to give to my family. I've got more to give to the girls, my girlfriends around me. I've got more to give um, to, to the young women of this church. Like there's more. And I want to encourage you, if you'll be obedient to what God's asked you to do. I'm not talking about making it up and filling your schedule up with a bunch of nonsense. I'm talking about asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you requiring of me in this season? If you ask God, and you, you look at his answer and you say, man, that doesn't, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I want to encourage you. God will always provide for his word to be sent. The vats of flour, our emotional vats, our financial vats, our spiritual vats, our physical vats, like they will not run dry. God will provide for his word to be sent in this season. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the women of this house, God. I thank you for those who are, even if they've just, I don't know, tuned in online, maybe they don't belong to our church, but they're, you know, just scrolling the internet and they've stumbled on this sermon, God. I just pray, Lord, that they would be so encouraged that God has more for them. God, that when they feel like they're hanging by a thread, Lord, that there they would find, God, the beginning of your strength, Father. When they feel like they're at the end of their emotional rope, God, they'd find your peace and your encouragement. And God, I thank you, Lord, that you are going to make a way where there seems to be no way. God, that if you called 
us to it, then you will give us the energy, the finances, the resources, um, the, the ingenuity, God, the integrity, God. You're going to give it to us, God, to complete the work that you've asked us to do. And God, we thank you that vats are overflowing with provision, that we are walking out of a season of lack and we are walking into a season of provision because we were obedient. And God, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And V1 Church said, amen. Happy Mother's Day. Pastor Mike and I love you. We honor you. And I hope you were encouraged today.